Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> yeah, I think about that uh, that intro there and uh, drink before we think. I think we drink while we think. <laughs> yeah, we do. Before, before we think, after, after during. during. It's, it's just just one more, just in case. <laughs> just to top it off and make sure we're fully taking care of things. Yeah. Speaking of fully taking care of things, our uh, grand... Uh, Sponsor uh, Blickman Engineering. Good old John. They, uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, <laughs> and he's quite a character too. Uh, yep. You know, you just don't realize it. Having him on the show, things like that, meeting him at events. He's very professional, very uh, nice, uh, very kind guy. Seems like oh yeah, seems like an engineer. Seems very professional. <laughs> it's not till you hang out with him that you you get to know the true John Blickman and. Uh, yep. And He's a real dork, just like the rest of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> everybody, when, at NHC, when we were brewing out in the parking lot, I mean, everybody got a chance to meet and greet him, and, and yeah. uh, but see him in action, you know, with the <laughs> the the tools he had with him and <laughs> the parrot and everything else. Well, he got the weirdest sense of humor too. Yeah, it's just just funny guy, just fantastic. Yeah, just really surprised the daylights out of me the first time he started saying a, a few, uh, started kidding around a little bit, and I'm like, wow, I, I didn't think he, he'd, he'd uh, I didn't think he'd swing that way. <laughs> uh, not not to mean that, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, as far as uh, humor, humor, uh, humor goes. Um, but you'll get a chance to uh, see for yourself uh, the uh, man behind the legend, uh, Mr. John Blickman himself. Also, uh, my other favorite, John, uh, Mr. John Palmer, and, hey. uh, and and me. We will come out to your place and brew with you uh, on your top-tier system. So the trick is you got to buy yourself a top-tier system. If you're already thinking about planning on buying one sometime this year, uh, you know, do it between now and the uh, end of January, and you get entered into this contest where uh, we, the three of us will come out to your place, and we'll brew with you. We'll, yeah. we'll uh, hang out with you for uh, a brew session, and um, we'll have a lot of fun. It's a good system. It's really adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, you can move stuff around. You know, you try it one way and then decide, right. you know, I like, I want to get the... the, <clears throat> the um, Boil kettle at the same height as the mashed kettle, or you know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. move things around, adjust it. Yeah, when I was yeah. setting mine up, I that's exactly what I did. I said, "Well, I want to run it right into this fermenter, and uh, you know, I want to have a huge long piece of hose running into the fermenter. I want it nice and keep it as short as possible, less chance of contamination, things like that." Uh, so I set the fermenter right there, just dialed the the height of the stand in, Pfft, done. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's really kind of nice. I I like. Uh, I, I like the adjustability as well. I mean, you, you get to custom tailor your top tier the way that you like to brew. Yeah. And, uh, and then if you, you know, if you brew for a while and you decide to do something else, you can. You can add burners later on, you know, extra tiers later on. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff. So, uh, Very adaptable yeah, system. Absolutely. Uh, so, and another option. Uh, in this contest, which we added, which you can find all the details on the Blickman Engineering site, BlickmanEngineering.com, Blickman with two N's. Uh, uh, one of the things we're willing to do is you can actually come out to my house. You want I've got top-tier system, real nice. You want to come out and brew on my top-tier system with me and Palmer and, and Blickman? No problem. You come on out. 
uh, we'll all be there, and uh, we'll 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 take good care of you, and uh, you'll have a you'll have an awesome time. And after we blew, or after we brew, or maybe before we brew, I don't know. Uh, you'll come down to the studio with us, and we'll do some Bruce Strong shows, and you'll you'll be there in the studio with us for uh, Bruce Strong. You can drink some of uh, Chat's beer, and uh, you can uh, uh, tease uh, Justin and all that good stuff, like, <laughs> like the rest of us do. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> I can't wait. You can't wait. <laughs> All right, somebody, somebody. You'll brew something out. special for us, right, Justin? I will. <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, check out Blick- BlickmanEngineering.com. He's paying for the show, so you don't have to. And uh, they make a lot of great stuff that that you're going to want to check out. Also, uh, speaking of great stuff, uh, I got the uh, got the uh, Mister Malty pitching rate calculators now on iPhone. You can go to the uh, Apple Store. Search for Mr. Malty or Jamel Zanishev, and you can pick up uh, these calculators. Yeah, we're charging for it. Four ninety nine. Uh, I don't. What can I say? Uh, I want hey, the best f- five bucks you'll ever spend. <laughs> that's, that's right. I want to make a few bucks. You know, uh, a little, little bit of uh, a little bit of cash. So do it. Uh, if if you feel like that, that's that's great. If you don't feel like uh, doing that, you can just uh, send me five dollars in cash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's still free on the site, so if you don't want the convenience of exactly. having it in your pocket, right. it's not that you have taken it away, right? Yeah, part of the thing is I, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, have revenue to to cover the the Apple Store, which takes their cut, and then yeah. a guy did the programming for me, so he needs he needs to get his cut. I mean, he's not doing it out of the you know kindness of his heart. So, uh, you know, uh, if you find it useful, uh, go ahead. Uh, if you don't, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, there's there's plenty of other things you do. You go to the the Brewing Network store. Pick up some books, uh, some hats, some shirts, things like that. All goes to help uh, support the Brewing Network. Of course, the, the the iPhone app that that goes more to my pocket, but still, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, help out however you can. Uh, if you enjoy this programming, uh, you know, everybody's everybody's chipping in one way or another. So, uh, but don't feel like you have to. Eh, you know, times are tight. Of course, if you have an iPhone, and you got iPhone service, and you're buying apps anyways. You know, come on. You can't you can't kick me five back app. my way yeah. four ninety nine come on and you know you've bought a bunch of retarded apps right. since you had that right. stupid phone and this one you know works <laughs> you, you know it does something useful that's that's my whole point it's like okay yeah. you know the ninety nine cent ones those are the ones you don't know I've got the beer app the one that you know lets you pretend you're pouring a beer right right <laughs> for a buck <laughs> see you yeah. paid for that that's what I'm yeah. saying right. it's yeah. ridiculous you use it like twice <laughs> and you're like okay I'm over that yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, the kids are the only ones that still use the lightsaber app. I, I haven't found an occasion to use it really. Well, next time you're in the studio, or maybe maybe when we've uh, when we've uh, got our winner on the Blickman top tier system uh, uh, prize, then uh, you can lightsaber away uh, during the brew day. We'll <laughs> brew, and you can be swinging your lightsaber app around. All right, so, sound like a deal. Yeah, you too could have Paul right at your house. Pretend you have a lightsaber on his iPhone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I can tell right now that Jamil's just picturing this happening. <laughs> and there he is. Lightsabering away in the studio. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. All right. Well, today. Hey. Yeah. So we're going to. Somebody beat me on the back. Some, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, making some good kit beers, right? Right. So, it's funny. Uh, I went to uh, Melbourne uh, for the weekend. The, uh, yeah, for the weekend. For uh, the Beer and Brewer Expo in uh, Melbourne, Australia, uh, earlier in the year. And one of the things I did was uh, I met up with the, the folks from Brewcraft. They make these... Uh, introductory kit things to get people started in brewing and uh you know a lot of people have a derogatory name for this they call this kit and kilo where you put a a can of kit extract in there and a kilo of sugar and they all kind of poo-poo it and i was thinking well you know even i i started with a mr beer kit and one of the great things about these kits that i really love is it it's so easy to get somebody started in the hobby a lot of people hear about, oh, you know, oh, you homebrew. How do you homebrew? Um, you know, how do you get started? And if you tell them, well, all grain and all this, you're never going to get these people started. But if you tell them, hey, there's this kit, you don't even have to, you know, you just pour the stuff together, ferment it, and you got beer. 
Right. It's a great way to get people started. It's not very expensive. It's really simple. The time commitment to make one of these things, you know, from start to finish is generally like an hour's worth of work, right? For five gallons of beer. Right. And there's a lot of positive reasons there why people pick these things up. And they sell tens of thousands of these things just in Australia alone, in Mr. Beer Kits. I mean, they sell the thousands and thousands of these things in the U.S. And it's a great way to get people into the hobby. My worry is, like, if people don't have success with this, then they get out of the hobby. And we lose those people. We want those people to stay in the hobby. We want them to keep brewing beer, either brewing the the kit beer and and doing really a a good job with it and getting great beer and being happy with it. Or if they find that's too restrictive, they can move on to extract with grains or they can move on to all grain, right? And more people will if they have success when they start out with the kits. If they don't have success, then those people are lost to the hobby. And it's a a bad thing for all of us that are into this hobby. The more people that do join the hobby, the more choices you're going to have at your homebrew shop, the more the craft brewers are going to recognize us, the more, uh, you know, things will be better for you. Yeah. It all trickles up. Yep, yep. Just like like peeing in the wind. It all trickles up. So... uh, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, what's wrong with, with kit brewing? I, I don't really quite understand because when they start, when they make these extracts, it's made at a, at a brewery that knows how to make great beer. And they, they prepare the wort the same way they would for whatever beer you're doing. And then they condense it down. They put it, they'll boil it under a vacuum and condense it down. Now, that may develop a little bit of melanoidins, but that's about all it does and they package it in a nice sterile way and it's in the can there's there's you gotta like it in a can i love it in a can the there's really no problem there uh as far as what they've packaged now why do people not have success with kits or 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 make you know what some people consider inferior beer one of the things i did uh during our last show which was about session beers i poured everybody a beer like four percent beer and i said yeah this is a you know an english brown ale old ale kind of style beer everybody really enjoyed it justin liked it jp liked it i gave it to uh, uh one of the the finest uh, palates i know dave sapsis he tried it out uh, yesterday and he's like yeah this is good because I, I drink a lot of this you know he didn't really you know he's like well you know if you're calling it an old ale it's not quite this if you're calling it a, a english brown ale, it's probably too big yeah, so some quibbles with style, but as far as the beer itself, none. You know, is it oxidized? No. Is it? Uh, you know, is there some sort of problem with it? No. And what I did with this beer was, I I filtered some water because I didn't want chlorine in there. I boiled the water in my Blickman top tier because I wanted to make sure it was sanitary after going through my SCSI filter. And uh, I added some yeast nutrient at that point, and I transferred that to. Uh, I chilled that water down. I transferred it to uh, a fermenter, and I sanitized my can of extract, uh, opened it, poured it into the fermenter, shook it up really good, trying to dissolve it, and then I added two little bags of DME, and uh, then my, my yeast my uh, from a starter, which was uh, I used the, the same yeast we used in the uh, Can You Brew It uh, Black Sheep Rig Welter show, which was... Uh, Y yeast uh, fourteen sixty nine uh, West Yorkshire yeast, excellent yeast. Fermented it under controlled conditions, kegged it, it turned out great. I, I was shocked at how 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 good a beer that is. I would consider brewing that again. I got five gallons of really decent beer in forty five minutes worth of work. Well, it's like I you said, Jamil. You know, it's yeah. it's the brewer. It's not the recipe often, or at least, at least half the beer is the brewer. Right, and, <clears throat> and the the brewer on the other end, the brewer that prepared this extract, knew what they were doing, and they made a good extract. They were making a a, a very good beer, and if you get a, a fresh can of that beer, uh, that, that that extract, and ferment it out, and do a good job of it, it's going to make a good beer. The, the problem comes when people do things that don't quite respect 
that that work that's been prepared for them. That's I think where all the problem comes in. That's where you end up with less than a less than a, a great beer. So let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into. Uh, all the techniques for making sure you can turn that kit into into great beer. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain for a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a war winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers! Three brewers, three different eras, all caught in the same fermento chronological vortex, traveling through time, righting brewing wrongs, and bringing beery wisdom to where and whenever it may be needed. Journey now with Dr. Jean de Clerc. Greetings, listeners. 20th century Belgian super brewing scientist. Please, please, the yeast and the enzymes do the hard work. I am merely a facilitator. Icebach. What, what? 21st century Norwegian American home brewer rapper from St. Paul. Listen, listen, I bust attenuation maxims and my yakima magnums make my lager so smooth it's like a laxative. My spit got that static power after I mash for an hour. I got naked ladies in my brew room all covered in hot flowers. I swing a propagation flask like a five liter dick. Get your nasty mid drinking group on ass back to 1026, boo! And Brother Abelard. Off that with witch. Be gone! 12th century English monk and perpetuator of brewing superstition. My holy rod of divine bubbling shall maketh any ale to froth by the grace of heaven. And a modicum of bog myrtle hurts not either. Brought to you by Northern Brewer, your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, and equipment with $7.99 flat rate shipping. Tune in next time for more 
Time Brewers. You will what you feel like. Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. Okay. Hit beer, or how do you make a, a great beer in under an hour? All right, so they have these, these uh, malt extract kits. And this is how so many people get started. Uh, it's pre-hopped. They, they've done everything. They've, they're, they're making the work for you. They've uh, done the mash. They've hopped this thing for bittering and for flavor and aroma. And then they condense it down into a, a, a thick extract, put it in the can, and now it's your job to reconstitute that and ferment it without screwing it up because they've got quite a decent product in there. The, the, the quickest way you can screw it up is uh, to not use a uh, to not respect the word. So, either yeah. you're if if you buy um, a bad canware, if you go to a, a shop that these things have an inch of dust on the top and they haven't turned these things in a couple of years, probably better not to buy those. Buy them from a from a good place like uh, Grain and Grape in, in Melbourne. They they've got. Uh, a ton of these cans. I know they're fresh. I know. I know they they respect their product. Uh, that's a, that's a good way to go. Um, the you know aged extract. So I did this experiment. I I made two kit beers. One using uh, a relatively fresh uh, kit, and one a kit that had sat in my garage through the summers for about four years. And the one that uh, was fresh, we drank the whole. Two liters that I brought with me between the three of us. That was pretty pretty decent decent beer, wouldn't you say, JP? That was that was uh, yeah. You know, well we're well worth drinking. Definitely, definitely have a few pints of that. <laughs> I mean, we had uh, you had what two liters? I think yeah, yeah. And that was gone in what twenty minutes yeah. maybe. Now now the second beer I gave you. Now, uh, now how was, was that? that was one? that a beer? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was some weird experiment. Right, essentially the same beer, but it. it or same, you know, extract that we're starting, same recipe, but the, you know, it was uh, thin, it was uh, harsh, it was, um, uh, oh, it seemed overly bitter. It, yeah. It, it almost uh, had kind of a sourness or a tang to it. Mm-hmm. And it was fermented, the same yeast from the same yeast I was growing up. In the same conditions, temperature-wise, same water, all all the same same stuff. The difference being old extract versus fresh extract. Now, John, you you were interested in doing an, an extract brewing book and and talking about you know the quality of extracts, and you have a whole bunch of extracts you got in for that. What what do you know about aged extract? I had done run much the same experiment myself a number of years ago. And yeah, the the difference is really startling. It, um, you need fresh extract to make uh, good kit beer, and you're saying like one of the one of the fastest ways to screw up a kit um, is to boil the crap out of it. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. You you really change uh, an extract beer if you boil if you overboil it. Right. Well, and especially these, you know, pre-hopped extracts. Right. And uh, you know, if you're if you're doing uh, extract with specialty grains, uh, you know, that might be a different thing. And you know, you put the extract in later in the boil. But uh, on these pre-hopped kits, you don't want to boil them longer because that's going to change your your uh, isomerization, your, right. your 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 bittering level. It's going to drive off aroma. It's going to develop more. It'll change the flavors. Yeah. It'll- Change, it'll change the flavor of of the kit from what the brewer intended mm-hmm. to you know something else. It, it's going to change it. So right. um, the way you did it, um, where you take take the kit and dissolve it into hot water and basically just pasteurize mm-hmm. the whole kit before fermentation, 
is, is the way you should treat a lot. You wish way you should treat extract kits. Right. Well, and on the on the liquid extract, they they're they're fairly sanitary. I'd be comfortable with just mixing that with uh, you know warm water to help dissolve it. But on the DME, um, you know, I was talking with uh, Chris Wyatt of White Labs, and they had done some experiments with DME, and they discovered that you really need to pasteurize the DME. The way DME is made is different than the the uh, liquid concentrate. The liquid concentrate, they under vacuum boil it, and it gets thicker and thicker. And that's that's one way of doing it, right? With the DME, they actually spray the uh, the uh, wort into the air column, and it cools down, forms a fine uh, powder, dries before it hits the bottom. Well, that air that's blowing through there, unless that's you know perfectly sterile, yeah, you're going to pick up some stuff. So it's possible to pick up some bacteria or, or, or things in the DME right. that way. Uh, what White Labs discovered is, uh, or well, I can't speak for White Labs, but what Chris relayed to me was that they found that if you just uh, heated up your water, dumped the, the DME in and stirred it, that was enough. You didn't actually need to boil it. That was enough to pasteurize it and kill off uh, what was in there, and, and you were fine. So the way I'd suggest is um, you know, heat up your water to boiling, um, you know, to kill anything that's in the, the water. And then, you know, you go ahead and mix your DME in and your, and your extract in, stir it up, and then, you know, chill it down and, and put it into uh, your fermenter. Right. right. And, you know, the, one of the most important things is, uh, you know, keeping things sanitary. You know, again, think of it as respecting the work that's been prepared for you. Uh, if you allow it to be contaminated in some way, uh, you're going to end up with a thin, insipid beer. You're going to end up with a sour beer. You're going to end up with a, a lot of different problems. Um, JP, you know, you've been working in the homebrew industry for for quite a long time, yeah. and you've probably seen a lot of new homebrewers come and go. And 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 there are those those folks that start out right off on like, yeah, I'm going to be all grain brewer. Oh, they, yeah, you know. And there's those guys that. I just want to make my simple extract kit, and I don't want to learn anything about recipe. I just want to do this. Oh, yeah. And I bet you you've had better beers from some of those extra, extract brewers who know nothing about recipe formulation or all-grain brewing than you've had from some of those all-grain brewers. That is true. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I tell people all the time who want to get into to home brewing, it's do the extract first. You, mm-hmm. you learn your process because that's what like you guys have been talking about for a very long time. It's it's process and uh, what really makes mm-hmm. the beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so it's the, it's the brewer, right? So you need to you need to get that process down because you can royally screw up an all mm-hmm. grain right. really really easy. You can buy, buy the most expensive equipment, buy buy a, a fine Blickman top tier system, right? But if you can't ferment the wort properly or keep things sanitary or or hold your temperature or right. if you miss your mash in right. or you scorch something or whatever you can just right. make a crappy beer yeah extract uh it, it's it's really really easy right well john what, what do you say to uh you know a lot of these kits they come with instructions on uh you know adding simple sugars fermenting at the warmest temperature possible things like that i mean it seems yeah. to me they really have simplified the instructions as much as possible why do they do that well there are a couple reasons i mean um they're trying to appeal to as many people as possible mm-hmm. if you know if there is a big you know warning label on the can saying you must you know, maintain consistent you know fermentation temperatures at 60 to 65 degrees f mm-hmm. you know for seven days you know for the best results well people would think oh well i don't think i have that right you know yeah um, they, they'd be afraid of doing it and, and yeah. realistically you can turn out a fine beer without you know yeah. strict temperature control or with higher temperatures it'd turn out all right right you know i can make yeah. the best beer possible but yeah and, and if you and also you know they say um if they were to put you know, like chapter two from how to brew, you know, cleaning and sanitizing, all the different ways to clean and sanitize your equipment, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to scare people off. What they want, what they want people to do is to get in and say, all you have to do is mix this with this, put it in the bucket, 
set it over here, mm-hmm. and in a week you'll have beer. Right. And as you said, you know, it's a real easy way to get started to mm-hmm. get that first taste of something you made and say, you know, hey, I can do this. Um, then, you know, then it's time to feed a little bit more instruction, a little bit more instruction. Um, and, you know, you can start refining your techniques and, mm-hmm. and uh, really, I don't know, um, well, compared, yeah. well, compared to everything else. You know, you, you've, right. got, you've got to get learning, get, get the basics, mm-hmm. and then you can, start, you can start building from there. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I suppose they want people to be successful. You don't want them right. not to make beer. You'd rather they made just an okay beer than not make beer at all, like no fermentation happens. And then, you know, that, that would suck ultimately. So yeah, yeah. as long as, again, you know, and it's like I think all of us, when we made our first beer, we're just thrilled that it was beer. You know, we right. didn't really care if it was perfect beer. It just needed to be beer. So, so I understand why why they would they would uh, focus on on trying to make sure they're successful. And I, I tell you, I was actually quite impressed with the uh, brew cellar uh, kits. They have good instructions in there, and they have sanitizer and cleaners that they include along with it, oh. so that you're not using bleach or you know they they provide the right. Uh, information and materials to do a, a really good job they actually do the only quibble i might have with them is um well you know they the the temperature you know and their yeast is designed to work at the at the warmer temperatures that mm-hmm. people are going to have in their homes um yeah I, I guess i don't really don't have a quibble but <laughs> i would i would rather see people use you know you know start with that follow the instructions religiously um uh, but you know if they could control temperatures a little bit better and yeah. you know start experimenting with other yeasts like uh, yeast yeah. from white labs or y yeast yeah. um and you know th- there, I think that would be that would be the difference between yeah. just making a good beer and making a really great beer. I mean, after all, you're the yeast Nazi, so you know that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this well, this is area that's you know near and dear to you. But apparently, yeah, according yeah. to the online forums, I'm quite the douchebag as well. <laughs> but I never said I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard defense. part from a uh, from a shop standpoint is uh-huh. is you want to get people into brew right uh, and you want to make it as easy as possible and and you have to ride that line and find the line first mm-hmm. of all of how much information is too much and how much is going to scare them like John like you were just saying if people really knew how much cleaning and sanitizing they would have to do uh, to make beer the they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't do it right. i don't yeah. i don't think unless you've actually tasted something that you've made and go hey mm-hmm. this is good Oh, now I also have the tools to tweak it and make it what I really want. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I would like to see where it's, here's how you do it the first time. Now that you've done it, mm-hmm. this is what you have to do. Yeah. Um, right. So, I agree. Well, like I was saying, on the Bruce Seller stuff, they've got instructions that, like, okay, now sanitize this. All the stuff that's going to touch it, you know, needs to be sanitized. And, you know, they, they actually have, I, I thought, good instructions and I thought that people could be quite successful with that, so I was uh, I was very intrigued, and that's why I had them uh, provide me with some of this. Uh, they they're the exclusive distributors of this Morgan's uh, uh, line of uh, extract kits. So they sent yeah, me some of those. It's a good line. It's fantastic. We we drank a bunch of it right here. I had like a five gallon uh, keg of this stuff. And it's probably going to be gone pretty soon. I, I'm not drinking it any slower than I would a, a beer I made from Allgrain. It's yeah. actually quite good. I'm blown away. I I never thought I, I thought it could turn out good. I never thought it could turn out that good. Yeah, but it, I was as you were saying. You know, years ago I was going to write an extract book, mm-hmm. and then you and I got to talking, and we ended up writing brewing classic styles instead. But I had I had cases and cases of extract kits in my garage and i brewed them all and i gave them to my members of my club to brew and everybody was really surprised how good the kits were you know right. with with a few um additional instructions at the, at that time this was five years ago um mm-hmm. you know not to boil the crap out of them uh you know to uh maintain you know and and these guys were uh, typically all grain brewers and you know they knew good yeast, good fermentation practices, good sanitation, um, you know word aeration, good pitching levels, 
And yeah, the, the the kits came out great. It was just a matter of you know going from the basics to you know the 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 more recommended practices, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and understanding the whole process rather than just the the um, the basic steps. So right, yeah. All right, all right. So let's go over some of these some of these uh, practices that help. Uh, one was you know don't double boil the stuff. The stuff's already been boiled. Um, right. you know, use uh, minimal simple sugars. If if you've got, uh, you know, if you're trying to make a, a a bigger beer, then yeah, the simple sugars will help. If you're making like an average strength beer and you're using like one can of extract and then a, an equal amount of simple sugars, that's probably going to end up in a thin cidery beer. Yeah. Um, generally, when you're making those average strength beers, one can of the extract and then you know some gravity booster, which is the DME. Uh, instead of uh, simple sugar. It's a little more expensive, but the quality of the beer that you're going to produce is going to be much higher. This one that I did, when, when as soon as it was done, it was, had this creamy, rich feel to it, and uh, it, was, it was fantastic. So minimal simple sugars. Use fresh extract. The, uh, you know, an aged extract is, is not good. Buy it, you know, from a place that turns over the extract in a reasonable amount of time. Store it cool. You can even store them in the refrigerator and then use them as soon as possible. Go ahead and make that into beer. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, so, you know, there you go. Sanitation. That's another important one, right? Uh, make sure everything's sanitized well. Use a no-rinse sanitizer. You don't want to rinse it off after after you've sanitized something. Um right. Uh, you know, everything needs to be clean before you sanitize it. Sanitizing and cleaning are not the same. You can't replace one with the other, and uh, both need to be done. Uh, and then, uh, you know, fermentation. I'll tell you what, we're, we're running up against it. Why don't we take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into, you know, some basic practices of fermentation to make great kip beer. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with Jamil. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. 
Brew Your Own, the how-to homebrew beer magazine. My name is Olin Schultz, and I'm president of More Beer. This month, More Beer wants you to meet the man behind the brand. I founded More Beer 15 years ago. Olin started brewing before the release of both Windows 3.1 and Bill Clinton. I've been homebrewing for 18 years. What makes starting the biggest brand in homebrewing great? My favorite thing about working at More Beer is the great energy of the staff. Everyone loves to talk about beer. Olin has put some of his favorite items on sale this month just for you. My favorite things to brew with right now at More Beer are the new breathable silicone carboy hood. An easy way to seal your carboy without a lot of head pressure on your yeast. My multi-brown ale kit. Our stainless steel quick disconnects, our line of heavy-duty kettles, and of course, the B3500 brew sculpture. The best gravity-fed brew sculpture with a footprint of just two by three feet. It can fit almost anywhere. Don't miss Olin's favorites. This month only, and only at More Beer. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. Woo! Where were we? The beer's starting to kick in. Yeah. How do we ferment these puppies? Ah, see? Palmer hasn't been drinking that much. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, fermentation. Well, and, and, and that's one of the things. You know... I think the perception is there that if you're making an all grain beer, oh, you better be on top of your fermentation. You better make starters, maybe all this. But somehow, for some reason, if you're making an extract beer or a kit beer or something like that, all of a sudden fermentation is not quite as important. I don't know why people have that perception. I think, you know, that that's the farthest thing from the truth. It's equally important, no matter how your wort was produced. You're going to get the best results by great fermentation. Uh, you know, you can take uh, you know starter wort, and if it's fermented right, boy, it actually tastes quite good. <laughs> you know, it's very surprising um, how much a difference fermentation makes. So, it's it's principles like making sure you have enough clean, healthy yeast that is active and vital uh, for the beer that you're going to pitch. Uh, pitching rate calculator. Um, you know, the shows that we did on Bruce Strong about, uh, you know, starters and uh, and yeast and pitching yeast. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, articles that you can read on uh, MrMalty.com that talk about, uh, you know, growing yeast and starters. And then, uh, you know, having good temperature control. Uh, temperature control is huge in beer quality. It's it's more the the, the difference between... Kit brewing uh, with a, a, a can of extract, not boiling it, pouring it into water, and all grain brewing. That's less important than starting with healthy yeast and having fermentation temperature control. That will make a far better beer uh, than uh, you know the the difference between kit kit brewing and all grain brewing. That's how important fermentation is. Uh, would you disagree, John? Or, you know, no, I agree completely. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a it's a huge difference, and makes um, you know something as simple as opening a can of extract, pouring in a water into a, into a, a, quite a nice beer, mm-hmm. um, versus all grain without uh, decent uh, fermentation. Pfft, it's not going to be good at all. Right. Yeah, and, and you know the cidery the cidery flavors that uh, a lot of brewers complain about. Uh, that's probably tends to be yeast related. You know, mm-hmm. the cideriness that comes from um, acetic acid, which is a sure. fermentation by, a byproduct right. from you know from a you know a stressed fermentation. So, well, if you're not pitching right uh, and you're pitching with uh, yeast with low vitality, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to produce more of these you know by, byproducts in in, uh, in in during the fermentation cycle, and you're going to end up tasting mm-hmm. them more. Well, and uh, you know another another uh, thing like gives you that green apple, which uh, people think of cidery, the acetaldehyde. Um, uh, in uh, in uh, the yeast book by uh, White and Zanishev, <coughs> gotta get a plug in there. 
um, uh, there's a there's a chart of uh, fermentation temperatures using uh, Cal Ale yeast, right? Oh, one. And at all these temperatures, everything's pretty much the same except acetaldehyde. The higher you go, you know, if you're fermenting, the difference between fermenting, I think, at uh, 68 or 65, it's somewhere in there, uh, one of the charts, uh, to 75 degrees, it's a tenfold increase. It's, it becomes a real oh. green apple bomb. And I think that's another factor, you know, if you're kit brewing and you're letting fermentation temperatures run away into the mid-80s, you're going to produce more of those compounds. I mean, the yeast are just going to do that. Now, the manufacturers are very clever, and they've picked a yeast that produces good results even at warmer temperatures, but... You know, even then, if you can control the temperature better, I think you get much better results. Same thing for oxygen, uh, you know, and yeast health and vitality, providing yeast nutrients. Little simple things like that can, you know, make or break the beer. Yep. Yep. Well, and uh, another thing, uh, packaging. All right, so let's say you've, you know, preparation of the the wort is pretty easy. You want to make sure that you filter the water, uh, there's no chlorine in it, and that you've uh, boiled it so it's sanitary. You've properly cleaned all your, your fermentation equipment. You transfer that into the into the fermenter. You add your, you sanitize the can of extract. You open it up, pour that in. Um, if you're using DME or whatever, that needs to be uh, pasteurized in the hot water. Uh, add your yeast nutrients as well. And then, uh, you know, your yeast and fermentation uh, ferment under controlled temperatures uh, until it's done. You know, don't, do, don't crash, chill it early and all that. And then packaging. Now, what's important about packaging, John? What, I'm a kit brewer, and I've got these bottles that are included with my kit. In the, in the brew cellar kit, they include um, uh, enough, uh, like, they're... Uh, I think three-quarter liter or a liter uh, reusable bottles. Okay. They're brown plastic uh, bottles. Actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, now, what what kind of things should I do when I'm packaging my, my beer? What should I be aware of? Well, you should rinse those bottles with sanitizer. They're, they're clean. You know, they're new. But chances are they're, they're, they're filled with dust, or mm-hmm. at least they have dust in them that well, has. Well, they could. Yeah, they could. They have microbes on them. And the the thing we need to talk to mention in regards to sanitation for uh, a lot of new brewers, especially, is that you know when we talk about bacteria, we're talking about beer spoiling bacteria, not food spoiling or you know stuff that'll make you sick. But we're just talking about wild yeasts, you know, that, that'll you know ferment ferment the beer to nothing but carbonated water. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You want to sanit. You want to rinse those bottles, those new bottles, with sanitizer uh, to make sure that there, you know, there's no wild microbes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to cap on foam, um, or you know, be very careful in your filling so that you're you're doing minimal aeration of the beer as you're filling those bottles, and then uh, and capping on foam. That is, letting you know the as the bottle fills to let the foam come up to the top of the bottle and push the air out mm-hmm. and then put the cap on at that point. You're avoiding oxidation that way. Right. And um, that way, you know, that you keep keep the air out, and uh, that is the number one problem, according to, um, to Dr. Charlie Bamforth, when it comes to uh, flavor stability, mm-hmm. is uh, stuff that happens after fermentation. Right. And well, so... And the, and the funny thing is, again, just because you've used a, a, a kit to make your beer doesn't make these steps any less important. Right, right. These these are steps that a lot of, you know that all grain brewers you know have come to rely on you know in, mm-hmm. in commercial uh, brewers as well. Yeah. So in in it's it's kind of an area that is not emphasized to a beginning brewer that's you know starting out with kits. And may be unsatisfied with the quality of the kit beer that they get. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in a lot of it is due to you know the the processes after fermentation, the packaging, you know the the flavor stability from oxidation. Right. Uh, this is really important. So, 
Well, and a, and a couple points I would have on on packaging as well is uh, don't overdo the priming sugar. Make sure first right. that your beer is fully attenuated out. Give it the two weeks. You know, make sure that everything's completely stopped. You know, start with good healthy yeast and enough of it to fully attenuate the beer you're brewing. Make sure you allow that yeast to do everything that's going to do, and then you know when you do. Uh, you know, prime your, your bottles and, and make your beer. Do not overcarbonate. Overcarbonation makes for a thin, uh, harsh beer. Uh, right. And the other thing would be once everything's properly carbonated and properly conditioned, store those bottles cold. Uh, yeah. If you do have any bacteria in there, it's going to slow them way down and you'll be able to enjoy the beer over a much longer period of time. That's right. Yeah. Temperature, temperature stability, or temperature flavor stability is is very important. Right, right. Okay. Let's take uh, one more uh, short break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up and uh, answer any questions that are in the chat room. Uh, back after this. The cutting-edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, uh, mother... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. Seven Bridges has the best selection of organic ingredients, including over 27 varieties of organic hops at breworganic.com. Join their mailing list for special deals and regular updates. They've been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for 13 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. And Seven Bridges is the proud host of the fourth annual National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall 
for a chance to win great prizes, including stainless steel brew kettles and organic brewing ingredients. This year, the challenge will be judged in two locations, on the East Coast at Capital City Brewing in Arlington, Virginia, and on the West Coast at Gordon Biersch in San Jose, California. For complete details, visit breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to great beer and people-friendly business practices. They offer environmentally friendly, fair trade, and fair wage brewing products whenever possible. Seven Bridges, breworganic.com. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewer Network. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking about how to how to take those cans of extract that are pre-hopped and pre-recipeized at the at the store that uh, so many seem to people seem to poo-poo uh, and make uh, great beer in in under an hour. Uh, it's possible. I've done it. And uh, I'm I'm just blown away, John. So you you had a lot more experience with this than than mm-hmm. I did, and I, I'm just shocked that it turned out this well. Yeah, well, it's it it really goes into you know understanding the ingredients you're working with, understanding how a a, a liquid malt extract, one that's been pre-boiled and concentrated down needs to be handled, you know, how, how you need to brew with that, you know, mm-hmm. material versus an all-grain brew. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, you know, pre-hopped extract or hopped extract um, versus unhopped extract. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're brewing with unhopped extract, uh, again, you want to avoid boiling the crap out of it, even though you need to boil it for an hour to get your hop, hop mm-hmm. isomerization going, to get so, that full hop character, but... In that you case, need, would you would you just boil just hops, or would you add a little bit of extract in, with your hops? I, I add a little bit of extract for the, to get the right pH. Uh-huh. Um, so I, you know, I'll I'll brew uh, I'll make a like a ten thirty ten forty OG boil. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe know, add your DME. Yeah, because you need to boil that or you know heat that up anyways to uh, you know make sure it's sanitary. Right. And just your DME with some hops, and then you can add this flavorful kit that the can that has all the specialty yeah. malts and all the rich caramel and roasts and everything else, and then add that. Yeah, and you can add that a knockout. You know, after you've gotten your hop boiling done, you can add that add the liquid malt extract. In. <laughs> Sorry, <coughs> Palmer's Palmer's under the weather. Yeah. <clears throat> Luckily, he's not in the studio with us because he'd be spraying his disease all over the studio. <laughs> and I'd be standing up while I did it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you want to, you know, pasteurize that liquid malt extract. You can add it at knockout or you can well, add it, uh-huh. you know, um, later on. You know, but uh, pasteurization, we've talked about a little bit. Pasteurization involves heating something up to like 140, 150, mm-hmm. 160 degrees for you know, anywhere from two to ten minutes. Right. Um, and what that does is pasteurization, you know, knocks out, it's like, it's like sanitation. It knocks out 90, 99% of the bacteria, mm-hmm. incapacitates them so that you've got a very manageable level of uh, residual bacteria that's not going to impact the your, your brew afterwards. Right. Well, one one thing that uh, I thought of when when I first uh, went down this road of of trying to brew a, a, a kit beer, and I and I, everybody out there, if you have mastered, uh, you know, fermentation and all grain brewing and all that, and you're you know you're God's gift to brewer, I challenge you to go get yourself a fresh can of uh, kit extract, pre hopped, you know, some style that that you enjoy. And do your best to ferment it perfectly and, and, and treat it perfectly. And make that beer. It'll take you an hour or less. Mm-hmm. And see how that beer turns out. And with an open mind, look at it. Hey, maybe it may, it may not be as perfect as you know your greatest all-grain beer that you, you brew and you, you know and love. But I think you'd be shocked at how well it turns out. And, and the point is not to get everybody to convert back from all-grain to, to kit brewing. 
but at least have a little bit of respect for what kit brewing can be and yeah. you know help these kit brewers do better don't just trash them for brewing kit beer but rather say well here's how you can make that beer better through fermentation and all that stuff don't tell them well you know you you can't make beer that way you have to all grain brew mm-hmm. you know don't 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 be bashing these people Get them into the hobby. Help them enjoy the hobby. Help them be successful, and we'll all do better. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know. I, I just, uh, you know, don't don't rain on somebody's parade because they're they're not at your level. You know, that's 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 yeah. just crazy. But, I, I uh, like making kid beers because it, it they go so much faster. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. it's nice to be able to crank out two beers in an afternoon well, you know, versus one. I you never know. thought I would. You know, I never yeah. thought I would. But now I'm kind of like, well, I'm curious how this other kit sounds pretty good. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm going to try some more. I'm, I'm just really shocked. And, and one of the, the, the tips I had, uh, before I started this, I thought, hey, I should get the most flavorful uh, kit I can find because that will mask any problems that I might have. You know, give me the darkest, <laughs> richest, you know, overly uh, hoppy kits you, you got. And um, uh, I think that that's that's a valid thing, but I I don't think I needed that. I, yeah, you know, it turned yeah. out just fine. So yeah, um, my my favorite extract beer is uh, is an American wheat, you know, uh, lager. Oh yeah, it's just it's barrels are very simple. It's wheat malt extract, which is you know like forty percent barley, six percent wheat, uh-huh. and and then I use uh, noble hops and lager yeast or. Or like a steam beer yeast, and uh, that's just a great beer. I mean, there's there's, and it takes you know three hours to make it or something. I mean, it's a ridiculously short period mm-hmm. of time to make this beer. Um, you can make you, and if you look on the shelves, you can find Pilsner beer kits, you know, from reputable manu, reputable manufacturers that really have put the effort into making a fine pilsner beer mm-hmm. you just have to understand how to treat that kit how to work right. with that kit well lager fermentation and yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's it's you you know um again you know there's there's often a conflict between the brewer and the marketing department to, you know that prints up the labels and you know puts on um this 99 cent yeast pack mm-hmm. on the top you know to make it easy but you know that brewer's made a good pilsner wort. You just have to take that wort and treat it right, and you will get a good pilsner beer out of it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to experiment with more. I'm I'm convinced. I I, I just uh, I want to see how. I, and the, the funny thing was, after I brewed this, I thought, you know, I could enter this in any number of competitions and place <laughs> with it yeah. easily. You know, this this beer would place. I mean, maybe it's not best to show, but it would place in a lot of competitions. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, oh man, that wh- how how amazing would that be? So I'm I'm considering it. I'm done with competitions, but I would crack open the uh, the competitions again just to uh, enter some of these kit beers and see see how they do because I think I think they'd place. Just go yeah. to nationals. Right, your last competition, right. big middle finger to everything, and uh, win with a kit beer. Nothing but kit beer. Yeah, no boil. Yeah, if I enter anything in any competition, um, it's just going to be kit beers. <laughs> it really, it really will be because I, I don't need to do any of those. But I, I would like to prove that kit beers are are not as bad as as people might think they were. And yeah. with that Blickman top tier, you can do three. That's right. Three I can boil time, three man. gallon, three pots of water at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. Uh, I think that wraps up. You got anything else to add, John? Or no? I, I think we covered it. Any questions from the chat room? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I think there is. Yeah, that's right. We have uh, we have a question from Bike Foolery, and he wants to know how would a brewer who wants to add specialty grains um, to the kit work them into the process, especially for the uh, for the no boil. No, oh, that's an excellent question. Um, you know, yeah. uh, you'd have to steep them, and I really think you have to boil. But um, you know, if you're doing specialty grains, you steep them uh, some hot water, uh, 160 degrees. You know, maybe uh, mm-hmm. half gallon per pound. Yeah, and then 
uh, you steep it like a tea bag, you tea bag it, and then uh, uh, you know drain out that, and then that liquid you would just uh, go ahead and give it a short boil. That'd be a great thing if you want to add some extra hops. Um, yep. You know, you could boil it in there, and the pH of that is going to be adjusted for you. Uh, and I think if you boil it, what fifteen minutes, Palmer? Oh yeah, yeah, be, be enough, and then uh, then you can add more water. Uh, and or even boil it with you know your full volume of water, and then uh, you know add your extract and your DME and all that, mix it up, and uh, put in your fermenter. Yeah, you're right that you do want to give uh, any steeped you know tea uh, some boil. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those grains are covered in lactobacillus and uh, other yeah. nasty things. Yeah, which the <laughs> there goes my voice again. Um, yeah, they they do need a, a short boil to both for sanitization and uh, also to you know to get flavor. Uh, yeah, flavors and a little bit of the the particulates and proteins to drop out. You know, um, you, you know you you can do it from a straight tea, but you're going to get mm-hmm. a result that is more of uh, what you would expect uh, by going through all the traditional processes. Right. It tastes weird because. Uh, uh, McDowell and I, we were doing some uh, experimentation to clone uh, Arrogant Bastard for the Canyon Brewer Show. Uh. And we were talking about, oh, you know, he said, well, maybe we could just steep some, some crystal malts and, and taste them. And I said, well, we can, and we can, we, we can blend them with beer. We blend them with a stone IPA and try to make a, like something similar to Arrogant Bastard. The problem is it tastes wordy. It doesn't taste right it tastes unfermented uncooked it doesn't it doesn't yeah. taste like beer so um you, know, you really want to uh give it at least a short boil and it, it tends to uh kind of straighten things out i think all right that's it then uh i think we'll call the show uh a wrap up and uh i think it's possible to make great beer out of kits um I'm fully convinced out of my experimentation. I I challenge anybody to give it a try. Enter some competitions with it. You'll you'll just be amazed. It's not expensive, and you'll just be amazed at the results uh, if you if if you got an open mind. So, uh, till next time, uh, make sure that you uh, keep the shiny side up and the dirty side down. And uh, and uh, as as a wise man once said uh, to me, a bird in the hand. It's like drinking from a public fountain. Bruce Strong. (laughs) Bruce Strong, everybody.